Oh, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, September 28th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is Tim Ma fucking Gettys. Let Tim host. How are you doing, Bless? Tim, I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, I'm, I'm actually stoked about the week. Sometimes it's, you know, it's Sunday night. You're like, oh, I don't like, want to oh, have no. to work tomorrow. I got to wake up. I was like, I'm feeling good about this week. Like, let's get into it. Let's talk about some video games. Let's have a good Tim, time. I'm really excited to talk about some video games. Before I get there, though, I do want to bring up this last weekend. I watched this uh, this de- this documentary on Netflix uh-huh. called The Social Dilemma. Have you seen this, Tim? Have I you checked it out? It, but I heard about it. Everyone is ranting and raving about it. It is. It's it's frightening. Like for those who don't know, it's essentially a whole documentary, basically about all the things that we already know and understand about social media and how it works and how it manipulates us and, and all all the stuff that I think we've assumed slash seen slash experienced but all contextualized in a way where it's like oh yeah this is scary isn't it like you like you really think about it and you're like oh this is fucked up i highly <laughs> recommend like anybody go check it out because ever since watching it too i've like tried to limit my own i I've, I've been doing this in general where i try to limit my my social media usage but especially after watching that i was like every time i've logged into twitter i'm like oh i shouldn't be here right now like i shouldn't, shouldn't be, be doing here this. i'm doing some yeah. shit I'm doing some shit and it's going to be manipulating me. But yeah, it's it's one that I recommend people check out because it was legit, like a really, really, really good watch. And now, so I'm making that, I'm making that thing, homework for you. A quick thing for you, Bless. Uh, mm. Kevin recommended me a show uh, a couple months ago called Penis. It's been spelled out Pen, Pen 15. 15. Dude, on, I love Pen 15. And yeah. uh, we just finished season two. And it, it's quite the show. I don't know that I can say, <laughs> you know what? Here, I do love it. I don't know uh-huh. that it's that good. But it's but not called it's Penis, good just Tim. It is called Pen15. It's called Penis. No, it's not. It's Pen15. I call it Pen15. Everyone yeah, calls it Pen15. That's because you guys are afraid to say the word penis. No, I love I mean, I am afraid, yes. Word. It is well documented. I am afraid of dick. So there you go. Yeah. But, Kevin, oh, dude, Pen15, I adore Pen15. I'm still, the, uh, I haven't watched season two yet, though. The pitch on penis is that there's these two female comedians that are probably oh they're my age they actually are my age like 31 uh but they're acting as if they're in seventh grade in the year 2000 whatever it was like three Mm -hmm. 2002 2003 2004 around there uh but all the other kids are actually in seventh grade yeah so it's like like they're they're acting alongside that are acting alongside a whole bunch of seventh graders and it is and it is one of the most craziest thing i've ever seen yes but like in the best way it is awkward humor. It is cringy humor. It is all the humor that I absolutely love and adore. Everybody should go watch Pen15 on Hulu. And so yeah, those are your two assignments. Go. Watch Pen15 and then watch The Social Dilemma. Two very different things. Tim, neither of those are video games, however. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some video games because today's stories include Xbox Series X previews being up, uh, that rumored Mass Effect collection getting delayed, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show at the patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping doctober 
That's right. Donk spelled with a K, Tober, begins this Saturday. Uh, it's going to be me and Barrett. We're going to be playing through the entirety of Donkey Kong 64, one of our one of me and Barrett's favorite games ever. Uh, you can catch that happening live every Saturday this month, starting at noon Pacific time, uh, and then later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games if you want to join in on the fun. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Tom Bach, Mom and Muhammad, and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Upstart, Hims, and Logitech, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have four stories today. Now, who's the one mucking around in the dock? Are y'all? This is a new number one story. Just real quick, Kevin. Can you look at the Roper report? All right. And there's two words that I want you to read. Do you see what I'm talking Kevin, about? Kevin, are you are you in the dock? Uh yeah. If you go to story number I one, go above story I, number I, one. I, look, read I it. understand. Read those words. <sighs> Kevin and boobies. On the dock, I spelled out K3VIN and B00B13S. You're not saying that that's K3VIN, and you're not saying it's B. 0 0 B 13. It's penis, you guys. It's penis. He's making a What's point. What's the first story? He's making a point. Story number one Xbox Series X hands on previews are up as of this morning. Uh, as you all know, Xbox, they sent out a bunch of Xbox Series X's to, to media professionals. Uh, they've gotten their hands on, they've been playing them over the, the weekend and the last week, and uh, their previews are finally available. So I've assembled Basically, the Avengers of video games writers for this. I've got, I got folks from IGN. I got folks from GameSpot. I got folks from VentureBeat. And I'm going to go through some of the write-ups people have to say, uh, some of the things people have to say about Xbox Series X. So I'm, I'm going to start off with Ryan McCaffrey at IGN who writes this. First, a word on the console itself. It is hefty, but in a good way. When you hold it, it feels like a premium $500 thing for whatever that's worth. When you turn it on, the box makes the same startup chime the Xbox One family of consoles do, and I'm a bit disappointed in that, honestly. I get the consistency, it's but... It's a nice sound, though. It is a nice sound, but you want that new-new, you know? You want that new-new. So I get what Ryan McCaffrey's saying here. Uh, I get the consistency, but I'd have liked a new sound. While I'm speaking subjectively, I think the Series X also looks very nice in its vertical orientation. It looks bold and assertive in your entertainment center with the concave green-tinted vent uh, perforations on the top, adding a really nice visual appeal. I can't say the same when it's laying on its side. It looks more like a fireplace log. Uh, More importantly, this thing is quiet. It's almost inaudible when uh, when it's idle, and in Red Dead Redemption 2, for instance, it's still pretty quiet, much more so than the Xbox One X, which gets noticeably louder under full GPU load. Thank God. That gets me so stoked. That gets me so stoked too, especially because this last weekend I've been I stole uh, Greg Miller's uh, PlayStation 4 Pro from the office along with the TV in the office, so I can get that true 4K experience. And that thing is loud, dude. That thing sounds like a lawnmower. I didn't realize Mm -hmm. that. I knew my my base PS4 got loud. I didn't know that PS4 Pros got that loud. It's wild, dude, man. It's the thing that I'm most excited about with these new consoles coming up is hoping that there's a chance that they're quieter. And I love that at least so far it is. Yes. That's a good thing to hear. Just, so, just to and, be clear, though, with uh, the P, the PS4 Pro that he's using in the studio, he's uh, using that one at the studio because it got loud, and he switched it out for one that he had. Okay. So that one is louder than some PS4s can be. Gotcha. Kevin has his PS4 on right now. Yeah, that. you, that's, you my, tell that's you. my vacuum. <laughs> Everyone knows Pro. K2SO is running right now. I love that you call your vacuum K2SO. 
like your your Roomba. You know, that's 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 a really good name for it. Uh, and actually, while we're on this this topic of like how it looks uh, with Brian McCaffrey's write up here, uh, folks know I'm roommates with Michael Hyam from Gamespot. Michael Hyam, one of the folks who's had him at an, an Xbox Series X, so I can give the scoop. That thing looks great, like vertically, like it is hefty. It does. Fe- it is pretty heavy. Like it is like a hefty piece of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, but anytime I've gone into the living room, that thing has been virtually silent and like yeah that thing looks great like the perforated top uh with the 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 green accents there looks really nice i can't imagine that thing on its side because it like what ryan mccaffrey references here right like on the side it would look really awkward like that's kind of my 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 take on it i don't know why anyone would have to have that on the side aside from like space right like i get like uh in a in a situation where it's like we only have so much room for this thing heartbreaking i only Um, have so much height for mine yeah, which is is the thing that sucks, but it's also like, just an aesthetic thing. Like I, yeah. I'm I'm struggling to think about where I'm going to put mine because I also think it's going to look ridiculous horizontal, but I, vertical. I just think it's going to stand out and just be weird. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm scared with both this in the PS5, like how they look. If pe- like for people who are going to get both, because the PS5 and all of the different comparisons and mockups we've seen of that thing seems huge like it seems abnormally big uh like stylish and sleek and like you know it has a cool futuristic thing going for it but it seems big and so like trying to figure out how that is going to fit in your entertainment center next to a series x or at least in the same entertainment center as a series x i think it's going to be a challenge for some people because those two things are very different designs very different boxes and so uh good luck on that folks struggle is real the struggle is real. Jeff Grubb at VentureBeat has this to say. My overall takeaway is that Xbox Series X should instantly improve the quality of many games in your library. However, many games that, that have locked frame rates or resolutions likely won't see much of an improvement to traditional re- rendering. They will, however, see improvements like machine-created HDR. But the improvements of the Xbox Series X go beyond the rendering capabilities of the AMD CPU and GPU. The next-gen PCIe 4.0 NVMe SSD is absolutely the star of the show in these early tests. A lot of letters. Mm -hmm. Uh, Loading games from your library is faster. Loading your save file is faster. The console boots up in an instant. Navigating the interface is blisteringly speedy. This is simply a better console to use than anything we've had since 2013. And anyone who plays on a console every day probably won't regret that $500 pre-order. Hell yeah, man. That yeah, gets man. me so so excited because like it is those the little things where there's going to be a while where we're not exclusively playing next gen games on our next gen consoles. We're going to be playing end of this gen games on the the next gen consoles, and all these little things like I can't wait to see how fast Tony Hawk loads. Tony Hawk's loading not a problem, but there's a lot of it because uh, when you're switching through levels back and forth, like I'm at the point that I'm trying to get all the gaps, so that means I'm switching between levels fairly often. And doing that, there's just that, you know, just enough time for me to bring up my phone. That would be real nice if it, it wasn't there. And it sounds like that's going to be the case. Yeah. And that's the thing that a lot of these previews have in common. Like, for the most part, they're all talking about speed and they're all talking about the SSD and how that changes things. Watching Michael, like Michael at a certain point was like, yo, come see, come see this. Like, he he was essentially showing the quick resume feature, which I'll get to uh, in a moment because I have a write-up from Michael in here. But he was essentially like, okay, watch me change games real quick. And it was like five to eight seconds from 
jumping in and out of Final Fantasy 15 into uh, like any other like, you know, big single player game from where they left off, from where he left off in that game back to Final Fantasy 15 from where he left off. And that can go up to about six different games they can have like that and i think it depends on like what games they are and the processing stuff and like maybe i i don't know in some cases maybe it can go above six games maybe in some cases it has to process below six games depending on what they are but that's really impressive too even in the the off state of the console for it to hold all those individual states at the same time like that's a thing that they've they've promoted and promoted uh in the past but seeing it in action Dude, it's good. It's it's game changing. Like no mm-hmm. pun intended, it is game changing. Especially for folks who are, if you're like me, right, and you like to, uh, and you're playing different multiplayer games. If you're juggling Apex Legends and Overwatch, but then are also playing The Last of Us Part Two, for example, like that was kind of my thing uh, in June. As I was playing that game, you know, I stopped to play games with friends, and that means that I have to uh, find a save state or figure out like, or even just close the game period so I can switch over to Overwatch. If you're telling me there is a case, like the the use case for this is, I can be doing whatever in the last of part two, get a text from the from friends to be like, hey, we're gonna run a couple couple matches in Overwatch real quick. I can jump into Overwatch, play a couple couple games, and then without like finish those games without even loading, jump back into exactly where I was in the last of part two where I paused. That's such a convenient experience that I am very excited for. And Kevin, what's next gen all about? He's running, he's running right now. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, this is what Tom Warren at The Verge has to say. The most significant and obvious improvement with existing games on the Xbox Series X is the massive changes to load times. I noticed loads, load times drop in pretty much every single game I've tested over the past week. Holy cow. Let me say that again. I noticed load times drop in pretty much every single game I've tested over the past week. Games like Sea of Thieves, Warframe, and Destiny 2 have their load times cut uh, by up to a minute or more on the Series X. Let me stop you right there real quick. Mm Because like that is such a cool thing where these are games that are not manually optimized for this experience. This is just games that you know and are familiar with are just simply running better because they're playing on the, the Series X. Something yes. I've always been so impressed by that I've talked about it a million times, but the Enhanced for X program that the Xbox One X has has always impressed the shit out of me. But even that is them going in and kind of like adding like a patch or adding the ability to have these older games run better. This is now just there is that stuff still, and mm-hmm. we're seeing the benefits of how much work they put into that in the past like pay off here. But this is also just the system works better to be able to run these games. Yes, like this is this this is stuff that is happening automatically, and I should also make clear that in these in in these preview units, there are no new games available. Like there's no there are no Xbox Series X games available for press to play right now. These are all impressions based off of backwards compatible games that are available, and even a lot of them aren't available yet because that library is still updating even in the preview cycle. Um, and so yeah, like for all these games that aren't don't really have any manual optimization done done to them that are running at this level and that are seeing these benefits that is that's speaking so much positivity in terms of that user experience going into next gen and how that's going to play out uh tom here continues though in destiny 2 for example i can load into a planet in the game in around 30 seconds compared to over a minute later on an xbox one x and nearly two minutes in total on a standard xbox one these improved load times are identical to my custom-built PC that includes a fast NVMe SSD, and they genuinely transform how you play the game. You can get more quests and 
and get tasks done instead of sitting sitting and looking at a planet loading. And then uh, on The Verge, they posted this chart of games and their uh, their load times from the Xbox Series X compared to the Xbox One X. And so I'm going to go through this list of games because I think this is a very clear example of how, how this stuff is playing out. For COD Warzone to load in, takes 16 seconds as compared to... And 16 seconds on the, on the Series X compared to 21 seconds on the Xbox One X. Red Dead Redemption 2, 52 seconds on Series X compared to a minute 35 on Xbox One X. The Outer Worlds, 6 seconds on Xbox Series X compared to 27 seconds on uh, Xbox One X. Uh, and then you have a few here. I'm going to look. I'm going to point out some of the more impressive ones. Uh, sea of Thieves, the load time there took 20 seconds as compared to a minute 21 seconds. On Over Xbox a One minute X. saved. Over a minute saved. Uh, that's exactly the same with Warframe, which took 25 seconds compared to uh, a minute and 31 seconds on Xbox One X. Uh, AC, Od- AC Odyssey took 30 seconds to load in uh, on Series X compared to the one minute and seven seconds it took uh, on Xbox One X. Uh, and the list goes on. And he points out Destiny 2 took 43 seconds also uh, compared to the one minute and 52 seconds. Holy shit. That on seems Xbox like the, One X. That's the biggest yeah. jump there is. Yeah. Which super impressive uh very exciting to see i have one more write-up i'm gonna bring in uh, and of course it's from the homie michael hyam at GameSpot. he writes this quick resume is a literal game changer swapping between games takes about five to eight seconds meaning you'll be right where you paused each game in a fraction of the time it would take to relaunch an entire game and without needing to reload a save game states even persists after powering the console off in conjunction with Game Pass, where I'm often jumping between multiple games I've downloaded anyway, Quick Resume truly shines. The new controller offers some subtle but noticeable improvements over the, the current Xbox controllers. First is the textured, textured grip on the handles, and to a lesser extent, on the triggers and bumpers. This design choice provides a nice tactile feel uh, that will help pr- prevent slipping, especially for you sweaty folks out there. The dedicated share button is a much welcome feature too, letting you capture screenshots and video clips on the fly, which even works if you connect it to an Xbox One. The new eight-way directional pad is quite quite clicky and a bit stiff, though it is responsive. And in his his article, he went on to say that that was like a thing of preference too on whether or not you'll like the directional pad uh, versus the previous directional pad. The controller is something I'm really interested in because mm -hmm. I've been rocking the Elite Series 2 Xbox controller, and I'm a big fan of it. And I was thinking about, like, first off, is there going to be a Series 3 for the Series oh, X? there's got to be, right? But, I mean, is it going to be anytime soon or we're going to be waiting a while? The Series mm. 2 wasn't that long ago. So I can kind of see it as they're just going to stick through with this for a while. But I wonder for people that have been using the Series 2 how it compares to this new one. Because that mm. blue controller oh. that showed off, that thing is looking hot. That thing looks hot. I really want to uh, grab one of those. Side sidebarring for a second mm-hmm. though, Tim. Have you seen these like Sega rumors with Xbox? People were pointing to the blue controller being like, no, Oh yeah, this is obviously for out. Sonic. People it's were like pointing to out. different social posts being like, Microsoft's obviously about to buy Sega. Have you been nah. you've been keeping up with this? I mean, keeping up with the bullshit, yeah, totally. But I mean, it's like, come on, man. Come on. That'd be hilarious. Like that'd, that'd be, be insane. It'd be it'd be insane. I don't it, I don't think it's happening. I don't especially with like the things people we are pointing out. Like I don't think any of those things are indicators that this is happening. Yeah. Um, but that said, like I'm totally down for a blue controller. Like that shit looks dude. It fire. looks so so nice, man. I'm all about it. Um, but yeah, this all seems like really cool stuff for the Xbox Series X. The um, like the controller itself. I'm not, I've not gotten to hold it. 
Um, and so like I can't really comment on how it feels and stuff, but like to the share button thing, I'm glad they've added that in. Share button is such a fascinating thing because toward the beginning of this last generation, I was kind of just like, oh, what a waste of a button. Uh -huh. And now that we're at the end, I'm like, yeah, dude, put a share button on everything because I love sharing <laughs> clips online. I, I think I saw Jeff Grubb in the chat. So Jeff, if you if you were able to hold both, well, I know you're using the new controller, but I don't know your experience with the Series 2 Elite controller. You can compare oh, them. Oh, yeah. I'd Give us some feedback. That. Give us some <laughs> feedback. But while you're doing that, Jeff Grubb, let me get into one of uh, your stories that you posted <laughs> over the weekend. The story Grubb, number two, baby. Jeffy Grubb Grubb. Uh, story number two, the Mass Effect collection is still coming, but not in 2020. This is Jeff Grubb at VentureBeat. Electronic Arts still hasn't revealed Mass Effect Legendary Edition, and that's for a reason. The publisher originally planned to launch the remaster trilogy that I first reported on back in May with an October reveal and release. But now EA and developer Bioware are pushing that release into early 2021, according to people familiar with the development. The primary factor holding up development beyond the pandemic is the original Mass Effect game. It currently does not live up to the quality of the rest of the package. It would make a, a poor first impression for new players, and it might disappoint fans who then won't go on to play and experience the impressive upgrades for Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3. This is a problem with both the visuals and gameplay. The people working on the game understand the issues and they want to do right by the franchise's fans. But one aspect those fans won't get to experience regardless of how much time Bioware gets is the multiplayer. EA doesn't plan to include the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer in this package. Something like that would turn this remaster into a live service game, and that is likely not worth the investment. Mass Effect Legendary Edition will, however, include all the downloadable content for all three Mass Effect games. This will enable players to get the full experience included in the purchase price. This is, I, I'm not going to say disappointing because like they never, this is, this is the thing that Jeff Grubb was kind of pointing out as he was uh, putting out this story that like they never announced this thing. Like they never really came out and said this was happening. And so like an internal delay, like do your thing, like take all the time you need on this. You know, something that I'm somewhat looking forward to because I, I, I want the chance to be able to jump into Mass Effect. Um, but yeah, it, it I, I saw Jeff like expressing some a little bit of remorse, like even reporting the the initial uh, uh, rumor, you know, because mm -hmm. that that seems to have put pressure on the team here, uh, which I totally get, and like I I I totally under, understand those feelings. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Tim. Did you have any any feelings on this Mass Effect situation? Yeah, I mean, I'm interested in what they're going to change to the first game because uh, mm -hmm. you know there was a pretty drastic shift from one over to two, and then three just kind of continued along that uh, path. I, I wonder how much they're going to change it. And it's weird because I know that there's a strong contingent of people that prefer Mass Effect 1 over 2 and 3. And uh, I don't think that that's like the majority of people, mm. but I think that there is a, a strong amount of them. And I wonder at what point do they make too many changes for it to kind of upset people. That like This is one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't situations, I think. Uh, but personally, I, I I think that this is good that they're taking the time to make sure that they get this right because yeah mass effect cannot have another misstep like andromeda was like they're they're, yes. they're you know they stumbled a bit a collection of the games that people actually love they need to nail it <laughs> so, yeah i mean to your point of saying mass effect uh cannot have another misstep right like i'll even go as far as to say that bioware uh needs a win because mm -hmm. like it's been it's been such a rough generation for them they went from being one of the most celebrated developers of well let's say like the ps3 xbox 360 generation i know i know even before that with with kotor and stuff 
to then this generation just having you know fail after fail you know like dragon age inquisition was great like that was game of the year from ign but like post that yeah you got andromeda which disappointed you then get anthem which disappointed and it's like man y'all are one of the best in the game and you are not living up to standard and so i think this could be a really good return to form for them them uh seeing that they're treating it with care and are see and you know the one them or uh jeff here mentioning the the impressive upgrades for mass effect 2 and mass effect 3 i'm really curious to see what that is like what exactly uh they're talking about there because that seems fascinating but seeing that like that wasn't in the case or that wasn't in the books for mass effect 1 or at least maybe the upgrades for mass effect 1 comparatively just weren't as big of upgrades for this collection makes me wonder like what their thought process has been there but them noticing that and being like oh no we got to make one fantastic so that people don't just drop off after that you know it's good on them like i understand that that makes sense you can't put out a collection of three games and you know make two of them look a lot better than they originally did and just have the first game you know who, just kinda, who, would do, who would do such a thing i just i just can't imagine i just can't imagine yeah you know like i know mass effect is uh is already there it's all different but it's like imagine if they just put out mass effect one in you know four by three. Oh my god you know why, like, let's just make it worse for mass know? effect which is like such a storage franchise mass effect a franchise that people love and adore and that are fans of and you know that's classic you got to treat it with classic care you know you got to treat it like it is something worth of importance anyways anyways if you if you're not able to tell we're 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 throwing shade at mario 3d all-stars <laughs> right now which i which i i beat mario 64 yeah. uh, over the weekend look at us the biggest hypocrites in the fucking world but it is what it is they're fucking amazing games i'm just very oh disappointed God. with the mario, package. I, I i'm right there with you too though this is what i'll say about mario 64 now Go that I've, I've played it again over this last weekend for probably the hundredth time of my life now I don't I I don't know how you remake that game. I don't know exactly like the approach you take to remaking it. Like cuz I uh, I've very much been on the mind that like you got to revisit it, you got to do something with it, you got to like give us what we want. There are certain there are certain stars and certain challenges that are very much contingent uh on how that game is designed that I don't know unless you recontextualize certain stars or rewrite certain parts of, you know, how you're exploring that world. I don't know. I, I'm sure it's like a Herculean task to try and remake that thing. I mean, look, I'm not saying it's not a Herculean task, but people have done it. Bless, you need mm. to play the 4K Mario 64 uh, PC version. Oh, yeah. Well, that I'm that I'm totally down for. Like, I'm, if, that's, it, if, that's, that's all they needed to do. Oh, yeah. All I'm, they needed to do. I'm definitely right there with you, too, that, like, I want to play this game in 16 by 9. I want this, I want this game to be up-resed. I want it to look polished and beautiful and, and and all that stuff i also another part of me also just wants like a a complete remake you know and i'm kind of i'm kind of in between I this place of that, two things a, a complete remake of mario 64 i i don't i don't know like that's make a new this, mario game then like this, that, this well then here's my pitch because this is the thing i was thinking a lot about as i was playing through it you know how you know how we played Mario Odyssey, and this is spoilers for Mario Odyssey. And so, if you're, if you're like one of those folks who's like, "Oh, I've not, I've not finished the book yet," go and finish the book. Come back to this this timestamp. Uh, you know how Mario Odyssey, we got to that last world, and it was, or maybe not even the last world, but you got you, you you get to the Mario's castle, to Peach's castle, I should say, right? And you're like, "Oh shoot, this is a whole homage to Mario 64," and like, 
as I got there, part of me, and this is me speaking on my own experience now, right? I got to that level and I was like, oh, snap, we're going to jump into some of these paintings. And that didn't happen. Yeah, I'm with you. Know? you. What, if, what if Mario Odyssey 2 is Mario 64 or Mario 128? Like, what if you take the mechanics of Mario Odyssey and just take that game and just recreate Mario Odyssey's vision of Mario 64? Like, <sighs> come on, <laughs> give it to me. Yeah, you know hey, I'll, take, I'll take whatever Mario I can get, you know. Uh, two things I want to say. One, uh, people mm-hmm. in the chat are uh, calling out that I was I said that this Mario in 4K, like, just put that on Switch. Obviously, I mean in 1080. But, like, mm-hmm. if there's a – take the, the 4K the, version. The highest res version. Yeah, the highest res. That's all you need because the art style's there. They nailed it. And uh, Jeff Grubb tweets at me, and he says, the Elite Series 2 is noticeably heavier, and a lot of that is spread throughout the middle of the chassis in the Elite. Balance is better in the X slash S. Uh, the grip is similar, but the gamepad grip feels slightly more plasticky. Man, shout out to Jeffy Grub Grub. Killing the know? game, man. Shout out to he's all the really... work. I know he's been doing yeah. a lot of shit. Dude, he had the 3080 review and then this. Oh, my like, God. Pretty much back-to-back weeks. Yeah. So. I mean, same with, with same with Michael, my roommate. And, like, living yeah. with him, like, seeing how much work he's putting in to review like, these big pieces of hardware. It's a lot of work. Like my dude, this guy is playing games nonstop, and so shout out to y'all who are reviewing these big pieces of hardware. I'm looking at you, Jeff Grubb, and I'm looking at you, Michael Hyam, uh, putting in putting in God's work. Let's get into story number three: a Resident Evil Netflix show is incoming. This is Matt Perslow at IGN. A new Netflix show, Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, has been announced at Tokyo Game Show 2020. As part of the Capcom TGS Live 2020 stream, the show's executive producer, Hiroyuki Kobayashi, announced Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, which is a CGI episodic series coming to Netflix in 2021. An episodic series. I feel like that's very redundant, but to move on. The show features Leon S. Kennedy and Claire Redfield as its lead characters, but nothing is known of the story or setting so far. The only thing that is not a mystery is that Leon and Claire both have new looks. Mr. Kennedy is sporting a suit, while Claire has a refreshed version of her classic red jacket. Tim, have you did you see this uh, pop up in news over the weekend? Yeah, I did. Uh, I was like kind of following the the saga to, to try to see if uh, they showed more village stuff but it seems like it was, there was no new info it was all just the same things we've seen before but uh this is kind of exciting i'm interested if this is taking the place of the ne- live action resident evil netflix thing that was supposedly happening but yeah. was always co- one of those weird like is it is it not like who knows um this is also interesting that it is a series not just a, a one-off movie because they've been doing these resident evil cg movies for over a decade like the, I forget the name of all of them, but like Degradation, I think was one. Uh, mm. I want to say Extinction, but that might be wrong. Regardless, like they were always fun and it kind of like took the Resident Evil world and fleshed it out a bit more. And like they had some real dumb moments, but you know, it's Resident Evil. It's kind of what it does. Mm. Uh, but I've, I've always enjoyed that. I don't know that I necessarily care about this. Like, I don't know that like this would get me to watch it. Are you not um, a like I know there's been like plenty of Resident Evil movies and stuff. Is that not your bag? Do you not enjoy the like watching uh, Resident Evil? The the it is, I mean it, in theory it should be, but they just haven't really nailed it for me. Like the Resident Evil live action movies that exist, I've only seen the first one a long time ago and I I just never kept going down that path. Um I'm sure one day we'll do it for in review just for the fuck of it of making fun of bad movies, but um the CG movies I'm talking about, those are a lot more fun, but my it's I have the same problem with those movies and what this series is probably going to be 
that I do with the later Resident Evil games is shit just got so crazy and so big. Like back RE1, 2, and 3, and like Zero even, were like contained enough around Raccoon City and around the things going on there that like the world wasn't blown up and where all these characters are doing a million different things. Once you add like four is an amazing game and add some great elements, but then five, six, you start getting nuts. Seven and eight now are looking even crazier in a different direction. Like it's just been pulled in so many different ways that I would be way more interested if this series was like a retelling of the first couple games. But instead, it feels like it's going to be just what if Claire and Leon been up to in the last how many years or whatever? It's like, I don't yeah. fucking know. <laughs> and I, I wonder if like this is going to be able to grab new viewers at all or if it, or is it only going to be the hardest of hardcore fans watching this? Yeah, I'm always very fascinated by the power of Resident Evil to like be this multi uh, media franchise, right? Where where obviously it's a huge video game franchise but the fact that it's consistently been on uh the i was gonna say the big screen but i don't know if the resident evil movies came out in theaters or their direct video or, or whatever i guess kind of funny.com slash you're wrong the cg uh, ones any of them wait the like the, the, Re- the Trovakovich movies yeah bless yeah those are theater movies <laughs> were they okay i don't i'm not i've not been paying attention to them um yeah. <laughs> but like I, I don't know for 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 resident evil i've just found it very impressive that consistently they've been churning these things out and like finding different ways to like get people in. Um, so shout out to that. I'm, I'm personally not going to watch it c- just cause it's not my bag. Um, but like, I don't know, kind of uh, if what I'd want from a resident evil thing that would get me in on the movie side would be probably like a, what they did with Castlevania, like a, like an mm-hmm. anime six episode thing. That is a contained thing. You know, I, I'd love for something like that. But every time, every time they put out something that's Resident Evil, I'm just like, this doesn't seem like it's aimed for me. Like, this seems like it's aimed for fans, which is awesome for fans. Um, but I don't know. I don't know, Tim. Story number four. Farmville is shutting down at the end of the year. Uh, and to be clear, this is Farmville 1 specifically. This isn't Farmville 2 or the upcoming Farmville 3. Uh, this is from Zynga, their support page. They posted a, a, a blog post. Following an incredible 11 years since its initial launch back in 2009, we're officially announcing the closure of the original Farmville game on Facebook. As previously stated, Adobe will stop distributing and updating Flash Player for all web browsers, and Facebook will stop supporting Flash games on the platform completely after December 31st, 2020. Farmville will therefore be directly affected as a result of this. Tim? Yeah. Reading this news story, I was thrown off by so many things. Yeah. One that flash games like were 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 still a thing. Like I didn't I I, I think somewhere in my mind I just stopped processing flash games as existing because I used to love them <laughs> back in the day. But mm-hmm. like I've never I can't remember the last time somebody was like, Oh yeah, I'm playing this flash game. Uh the fact that Farmville is still on Facebook, I had I, I probably should have known this, but it's it, again it comes back to like the oh yeah, who plays games on Facebook anymore? Like who's doing that? Um but yeah, like th- this. This is big, obviously, because Farmville has always been this huge thing since this launch, right? Mm-hmm. It was like one of the biggest, if not the biggest, Facebook game. Uh, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, Flash game. Uh, it led to Zynga's success as a company. Like Farmville has been all these different things, and so it's kind of an end of an era. When totally. You think I mean, I, they, they must have watched Games Daily last week, and they were so upset about our lack of knowledge of farms that they were like, "I guess They're we're like, out." Fuck uh, it. The gamers aren't. <laughs> the, the gamers 
don't care about farms the way we thought they did. Here's the thing, though, man. This is absolutely crazy news because when I worked at IGN, like for the five years that I was there, like Farmville and these type of games were talked about so much because there was this just giant pit of games being played that included things like Farmville, that included things like uh, MOBAs, like Dota or League of Legends that have now kind of gotten a bit more into the mainstream like world but even even still it's like it's a very different audience than the people that are typically going to an ign uh to to look at previews of games or whatever and there was always this like desire to tap into these markets and it's just crazy to look at it where farmville was the biggest thing zynga was the biggest fucking thing and now it's like oh it's not you know and like and when minecraft was first blowing up it's like that kind of came out of nowhere and it's just interesting to look back now that like i've been in the industry long enough to see there's been probably 10 15 games that are these like giant moment like PUBG being this moment right fortnite somehow eclipsing that times a million and Mm -hmm. it's like weird to think that one day fortnite might be being read in a new story that that we're talking about right now right yeah where it's like Oh yeah, Fortnite shut down after whatever, and there's gonna be, you know, blessing and Tim 2.0 being like, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I didn't know people yeah. were still playing Fortnite. Yeah, it's like wow, man. Fortnite did all these things, and all of a sudden it's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, like the Wait. and I, or even wilder. Okay. There's gonna be yeah, blessing and and Tim 2.0 that are gonna be sitting there and being like, man, remember during during that whole pandemic thing, we used to hang out in Fortnite. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully that's the case. Dude, ten, 10 years from now is going to be wild. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that's and that and that's also another thing, right? Hopefully that's the case that that's the conversation we're having as opposed to like the aliens are invading. Everything just got worse and worse and worse. <laughs> Tim, I'm really excited yeah. to see what happens with Blessing 2.0 and Tim 2.0 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. But 10 years, so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom Drop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, we got Undead Darlings, No Cure for Love for Switch, PC, and Mac. Kevin, I'm going to need to know what Undead Darlings is. <laughs> I need for some love Undead is. Darlings updates. I need some Undead Darlings updates. Uh, Genshin Impact is out today for PS4, PC, iOS, and Android. Panzer Dragoon Remake is out today for PS4. Is that true? I didn't realize that was happening. Uh, Emery, no- Emery Noko is out today for PC and Mac, and then Stars Force is out today for PC. New dates for you, Yakuza Like a Dragon is now set to launch on Xbox Series X and S, PS4, and PC on November 10th, uh, and that's instead of November 13th. Uh, it is also coming to PS5 on March 2nd, 2021, with a free upgrade for PS4 players. And then Atelier Ryza 2 will release on the PS5 on December 3rd. Space Shuttle VR is coming to Oculus Go on October 1st. Shoot 1UP DX is coming to Nintendo Switch on October 15th. And then Pokemon announced on Twitter new information on Pokemon Sword and Shields. The Crown Tundra DLC will be revealed tomorrow. Kevin, this is Undead Darlings? It looks exactly like you'd expect. Really? Oh, mm-hmm. Can you remind I, I missed the whole thing real quick. Rated T. Sexual themes. Okay, well, yeah, those are definitely darlings. Mm-hmm. There is no cure for love, though, man. Was the They're kid right. okay. something dick skin? So, wait, r- really? No, Ben, some, right? Did you see his name flashed for like a second, Tim? Did you see No, it? I missed that. No, I didn't see it. All right. 
Uh, it is a visual novel that also seems to be a dungeon crawler. Why not? You know? Yeah. Um. You know what? In a what? different world, I could I could be digging this. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know? And like you know, uh, current blessing Diskin. that exists in this timeline. Diskin. Diskin. Yeah. yeah. Diskin. Not Diskin. The current... <laughs> God, Kevin. God. You can see where but... I could make the mistake, though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The the current blessing that exists in this timeline, right? Earth one, the Earth that we're living in right now, in 2020. Not it's not really digging the undead darlings, like, or I'm not even saying not digging it. Not gonna play undead darlings, you know. Yeah. Has a passive yeah. interest in undead darlings. Earth two bless, you know, in a different timeline, sees that and goes, mm-hmm. let's download that. Let's, let's see what go. that's about. Let's go. But there's just too many games that they I'm, need to that find I'm playing love. right now. They need to find love uh, from undead darlings. Now it is time. For reader mail, you can write into patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Upstart. During these economically turbulent times, everyone is looking for a way to feel more financially secure. So if you're still look if you're still needlessly throwing money every month at high interest credit card debt, it's time you checked out Upstart, the revolutionary online lending platform that knows you're more than just a credit score. Now is the time to find out how low your Upstart rate can be to help pay off high interest credit card debt. Unlike other lenders, Upstart can reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter rate. You don't need a degree or diploma to apply, though. Upstart lets you skip going to the bank because it's completely online. They offer loans from $1,000 to $50,000, so you can consolidate your debt into one easy fixed rate payment. Upstart makes it fast and simple to check your rate. Since it's just a soft pull, it won't affect your credit score. The hard pull happens if you accept your rate and proceed with your application. The best part, if the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. Free yourself from the burden of high interest credit card debt and get back to using your money your way with Upstart. See why Upstart has a 4.9 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot and hurry up to upstart.com slash kfgames to find out how low your Upstart rate can be. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash kfgames. Uh, your loan will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Not all applicants will, will qualify for the full amount. We're also brought to you by Hims. Forhims.com is all about men's wellness. We all know the story well. Andy and Nick wanted to maintain their own wellness, so they looked to Hims for help keeping their hair full and healthy. We can confirm they've been loving it ever since. Through Hims, you can get the prescription medication that treats erectile dysfunction, uh, real science, real solutions. This could cost hundreds of bucks if you had to go through a doctor or pharmacy. Not so with Hims. Hims makes it simple and affordable. Uh, no embarrassing conversations, no expensive appointments. Just answer a few questions online about your medical history and a provider will confidentially review. If approved, your medication is shipped directly to your door in discreet packaging and shipping is free. No more searching online for answers to questions about erectile dysfunction or sexual wellness. Just go to your, your, your HIMSS account and ask a medical professional you can trust. Try HIMSS today by starting out with a free online visit. Go to forhims.com slash gamesdaily for your free visit. That's forhims.com slash gamesdaily. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash gamesdaily. Prescription products are subject to medical provider approval and require an online consultation with a medical provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. See website for full details and safety information. Remember, that's forhims.com slash gamesdaily. Lastly, we're brought to you by Logitech. Logitech has been my go-to for a long time when it comes to gaming headsets. You've heard me talk about it uh, for weeks now. 
and I'm talking about it again. The Pro X Wireless Lightspeed Gaming Headset is a game changer. Based on the award-winning Pro Gaming Headset design, Pro X Wireless Headset features high-quality materials, advanced communications, precision audio, and total wireless freedom. It's a high-performance Pro X gaming headset with light-speed wireless technology and up to 20-plus hours of battery life. It also features a detachable Pro-grade microphone featuring real-time blue voice technology, including passive noise isolation, compressor, uh, limiter, and more for clean, professional voice comms. It doesn't stop there as there's also the advanced Pro G 50mm drivers which deliver clear and precise sound imaging with improved bass response. Hear footsteps and environmental cues with clarity to give you the competitive advantage. You can also experience this headset's supreme comfort and durability. For a limited time, Logitech G is offering our listeners 10% off select products at logitechg.com. Use code KFGAMES for 10% off today. That's 10% off select Logitech G products with promo code KF games tim mm-hmm. i got a question from gondor's condor who writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and says greetings blessing and tim i have a question primarily for tim mm-hmm. tomorrow we're getting our first look at the second pokemon dlc the crown tundra like the isle of armor it'll bring around 100 pokemon into the current gen what is the one pokemon you want the most and which generation do you hope gets the most love Thanks for all you do, Game Daily. Um, I've been out for so long, and I ha- I haven't even seen like I didn't play the the first DLC, so I don't even really know who they brought back in. But I'm a Gen Two boy, so mm-hmm. I'm not sure if uh, my boy Cyndaquil and that whole evolution line's in here yet. But that would be my answer if mm-hmm. he's not in yet. Yeah, I've I haven't touched Pokemon Sword since. I guess since launch, because I beat it, and I think I bounced after that. Yeah, uh, I did too. Yeah, and so, like, I, how have you, do you think you're going to jump into the DLC? Like, I, I, I wanted to so. jump into the last one, but, like, I think time just got away. Or, you know what, ha- what happened? Last is part two release. I, I mean, I right? think that's that was when it comes to these type of DLCs, like, for that type of game. It's a great idea, but I just think that it there's a, a level of consistency and timing that needs to happen, or else it it's hard to get excited about old things even if they're new right so it's like i feel like pokemon has yet to kind of prove that there is a zeitgeist around these dlc launches and Mm -hmm. if they were like hitting like oh every three months there's this thing that everyone's going to be doing i feel like animal crossing's done a better job than than pokemon has at least in 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 gaining interest of of the people around me but um we'll see i'm happy it's happening though because i think that it is a sign that Pokemon's going in the right direction uh, because I do think that the game needs to be a little bit more living and breathing than it ever has been before. That's kind of been my thing when it comes to these post-launch updates for Pokemon also. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful idea for them to be like, all right, yeah, let's put out these big expansion packs, you know, as opposed to doing a... like I And I'm, I'm, a, I'm very much assuming right now that this is opposed to doing like a Pokemon spear or pokemon arrow or whatever like the the third Mm -hmm. iteration would be right like this seems to be in in replacement to that which i think is more of a modern take on pokemon i think it could lend more toward people playing pokemon like a living and breathing game like the community is out there for sure and like there are people who are always gonna be playing pokemon obviously um but you know, they. I think for Pokemon, you want to expand that. Like, you want to build that out. You want more people to feel like they're able to play Pokemon like they play a Destiny. And that's not necessarily yeah. me saying that Pokemon should be Destiny, but I think there are so many different 
ideas you can take from live service games that would work well for a Pokemon. And so, like, you know, having the game come out in November and then following it up uh, June. In, yeah, following up in June. Also, like, it's blowing my mind that Pokemon Sword came out in November. It feels like that game came out two years ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, following it up seven months later feels way too late, you know, for people who have already put the game down and aren't necessarily going to be persuaded to pick it back up based on an expansion coming out seven months after they've already had their time with it, right? Like, it's, I, I feel like a monthly, like, some sort of monthly update that could be a bit smaller in increments, but then you know, leads into a here's your big six month expansion that has been high like that, that has been built up towards uh, mm-hmm. based on all these other updates can maybe uh, lend towards more of a better flow for people to want to come back and want to experience. You know, I didn't like I don't know if day I feel like this, is a, this to me feels like a dirty word, but I'm going to say it anyway, like adding in some some sort of like dailies to Pokemon kind of find dot com slash you're wrong if they have that or if they don't have that. I assume that they don't have that in there. Um, but like you know, what can that do for the game and what can that do for people who want to hold on to that experience? I I think I think there's something there. Um and I think they're trying to build towards that. But it's mm-hmm. also one of those things that we'll see. Like Tim, for you, what what do you think the end goal should be for Pokemon? Like what is the end goal you see for making that game ideal? I mean, that's the thing is like they're they're gonna continue just doing what they're doing and iterating little by little over time. And like when you compare where we're at to where we were there has been a lot of changes you know it's like it's easy to look at it and be like oh it's the same game it's like well it's not like there there's really been a lot of iteration over time but i do think that the idea of that big pokemon mmo where you're actually going around through multiple regions and all of that like yeah that would be the goal that would be awesome i just i don't know that we're ever going to get there because i think that needs to be created from the ground up instead of trying to shoehorn it into the existing mm. template for what Pokemon is. And I think that that's where we're at with Pokemon Sword and Shield, which is like mm. taking the ideas of raids and the ideas of, you know, kind of making it this like bigger, more non-linear experience. Yeah, like the wild area and what that yeah, did for that game. Exactly. It's like that's that's proof of them dabbling, but I don't know that they're ever going to go full in, which means that it's never going to be that full experience that we're looking for mm. there. But I don't know. Pokemon's a weird one because it's one of those, if it ain't broke, don't fix it things. Uh, and a lot of us can look at it and be like, oh, it's broken, though. But they're like, yeah, but the money speaks. So, yeah, that's the thing is like Pokemon still makes so much money that like how much is how much is it worth them investing building something from the ground up when what they're doing right now is making them so much money. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side, though, like Pokemon is so good about creating these different experiences like we just got a Pokemon MOBA <laughs> announced a couple months ago that I forgot about. Pokemon Sleep still exists somewhere out there you know and i'm sure it's gonna release eventually if it's not already come out and i just missed it um but like i could see there being a case where they're like all right yeah pokemon let's treat our let's treat pokemon sword and shield the way we're treating it and let's treat our mainline games like this right where it is you're gonna get your big expansions maybe once or twice a year but then on the side here let's work on a pokemon mmo that talk that is what we're talking about as far as like the continual updates i don't know if that all kind of comes back to where their their heads are at in terms of how they want to monetize, obviously. But I think there I I think there's something there uh, in terms of the best of both worlds or the best of all the worlds of Pokemon here. But we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I got one more question here from Jason who writes in and says, "With more and more games seemingly choosing to include a performance mode, what will be your preferred way to play next gen games? 30 FPS slash 4K or?" 60 FPS slash 1440p. Would this change depending on the type of TV you have? I feel like this is a very Tim Gettys question. 
It is. Uh, and honestly, it, there's so many things it's going to depend on. When we're looking at current gen and the experiences of what we've had, I've typically went with the um, the resolution option over the performance option because how dare the, you the, I, I know it's crazy but That's it's like just like but the the difference um that i've seen and i've experienced in the games that i'm playing it doesn't seem to to matter that much and it's like the visual enhancements are there so i'm like all right i'd rather have it look nicer than have it i don't to me it's like i don't even notice it feeling better to jump to next gen the jump when we're talking about like it is actually going to be 60 plus frames per second. I think that at that point, it makes total sense to make that jump. And depending on where I'm playing and what system I'm on or whatever it is, like it, when I'm playing stuff on my PC, it's going to be like, I, I want the 1440p mm-hmm. 60 plus <laughs> whatever frame per second we're going at. But there are just certain games where it's just like, when you're playing on an LG OLED, it, they're beautiful. You want that 4K. Yeah. And it's going to look awesome. And it does look awesome. You, and you can see the difference. But um, that's just a personal thing. And I know that a lot of people are like, oh, man, it's per- only performance mode. You're crazy if you go anywhere else. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, well, there's been a couple games where performance modes run worse than the resolution one. Look at you, Avengers. Damn, shots fired. I'm definitely in the camp of people who I, I'm, I'm probably always going to go performance. But I'm also somebody who's not had a, a setup that would, I don't, that would benefit from resolution mode. Like I'm not really a I I'm not part of the 4K army, right? Like I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm yes, not there as far now. as I mean I, I have a I have a 4K TV now with a PS4 Pro oh, and I've been playing on it. Funny one. Then you're part I, of the am, army. I mean yeah, I'm using I'm I've borrowed the kind of funny 4K TV and like I I've been playing on it and like the games are beautiful, but I'm not necessarily I I I think I would always prefer performance still. Like I I I feel like performance is something that I notice more than than actual resolution. Like for me, playing on the on the TV I have in the living room now, I'm like, oh yeah, these games, like these games look better, but it's also like a bigger screen, and so it's one of those things where I'm like, I feel like it it things would look better either way playing on a TV that's way bigger than this TV that I got back here. Um, whereas performance is something that, like, the jump from 30 FPS to 60 FPS is something that I always notice. And then like if you're telling me that I can I can jump from 60 FPS to like 120. That sounds like an amazing time. That sounds yeah. life-changing. I mean, to uh, me, I, I think it's to the combination of all of it, man. It's the HDR yeah. technologies. It is the resolution bump. And it, yeah, the performance stuff. It's like games look better when they feel smoother. It's just like that's just how mm. it works. Like it, all of it adds together to be an experience. And like that, that is what graphics means these days, right? It's not, it's not just one element of it. If it's all, it's all the stuff together and depending on the game that you're playing. Yeah, and the, the the fact that we're able to have that choice from uh, between, hey, do you want to play this thing in 60 FPS at 1440p, which sounds incredible, versus 4K at 30 FPS, which still sounds incredible. Like we're living in a in a in a fantastic world right now, and like yeah. uh, things are just going to get more and more better from there in terms of technology and, and uh, you know frame rates and uh, resolution going up. Which yeah, I'm personally, very about. in my opinion, the to clarify what I was saying earlier about my preference, we're talking usually about the difference between 1080 and 4K mm. when we're talking about the the resolution bump. And like to me, that that sometimes I'm like I I take that over performance. But when we're talking about 1440 versus 4K, that's when I'm like, all right, I'm going to go with performance because yeah, the the trade off there is totally worth it. Now it's time to squad up brandon h writes in with a squad up on xbox and says xbox buying bethesda was the straw that finally made me subscribe 
the Game Pass. I've never been on the ga- on the Xbox e- ecosystem and would love any friends to play with. I'm down for any multiplayer games, and I'm especially looking forward to Destiny Beyond Light. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to play Destiny Beyond Light or any Xbox multiplayer games with Brandon H, uh, you can add, add him at Profit GK. That is Profit spelled P-R-O-P-H-E-T-G-K, all one word, on Xbox. Go and do the Beyond Light thing. I don't know if there's like a Destiny sign-off or there's like a Destiny. I'm sure Destiny has like one of those like, you know, may the force be with you kind of things. I don't, I don't know what that is. It's something about Guardians. I remember Fran used to say it. Yeah. May the light, <laughs> oh, may wait, the no. light be with you. <laughs> that, may the light ha- be your guiding key. It has to be like a, a travel, like a, um, fuck. Kindofunny.com slash you're wrong if there is something like that. Because now I'm putting, I'm putting pieces Andy together. And he says eyes up Guardian. That sounds Eyes right. up Guardian. That's it. That eyes is up it. Guardian. Yeah. Guardians out is what Kabob says in kindofunny.com slash you're wrong. Uh, of course, now it's time for kindofunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in and let us know what we got wrong during the show as we got it wrong so we can correct uh, ourselves for those watching later on youtube.com so it's kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe a lot of people here are debating on pen 15 versus penis which i respect but maybe do that in the I chat it, no, but it just wrong. sounds weird to be like oh man you guys gotta watch penis but it's spelled one five at the end you know what i mean like that's that's a little bit more explanation and it sounds like i'm recommending weird like not weird porn but like I mean, I don't know if the porn, <laughs> the porn is called penis. I feel like it's weird porn. You, <laughs> you know don't what do I mean? That. You don't you don't go to Pornhub and just type in penis and see what happens. I mean, I do that to a lot of shit, but not penis. No, mm. I be typing in love, to see what comes. Yeah, up, no, you know? everyone types yeah. in love because sometimes that's yeah. what you need. You know, a little. Warm. Sometimes it's like I just want to watch people hugging. Yeah. Uh, Nana just writes in and says the Resident Evil movie names are Resident Evil, Resident Evil Apocalypse, Resident Evil Extinction, Resident Evil Afterlife, Resident Evil Retribution, and Resident Evil Final Chapter. I was asking what the CG movies are. Mm. But thank you, Nanobiologist. I swear one was called Degradation. <laughs> Degeneration. Degeneration X. Yeah. Uh, that's what it was. All right. People are correcting Tim's pronunciation of M- Mila. Jo- Jovakovic. I don't know, man. Jovak- I tried Jovakovic. Best, what was the it's thing pronounced- about her name that I thought was wrong? <laughs> Jovovich. <laughs> Where I thought it was like one name or something. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin thought that her first name was her full name. <laughs> Uh, BTM here says they don't have dailies, but they have weekly rotations in the raids. Uh, Crown Tundra is adding a bunch of raids, some of which should be limited. So I appreciate that. Uh, and then one more Rocket Guardian here writes in and says, Per Audacia at Astra is a major slogan from Bungie for Destiny. And so there you go. Per Audacia at Astra. Ladies uh, and gentlemen, Hyper Games, Games says it's Degen. Degeneration, Damnation, and Vendetta are the three CGI films. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, this week's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily go like, go like this. Uh, tomorrow, it's me and Imran. Wednesday, it's Greg and Gary Widow. Thursday, it's Greg and Tim. And then Friday, it's Greg and me. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.